The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Welcome to Talent Talk Asia podcast. Today, you have tuned in to a unique three-part series on workplace trends, where I sit down with seasoned leader at Microsoft Asia, Rosalind Quick, General Manager for Modern Work, to discuss the recent Microsoft 2022 Work Trend Index. Now, Microsoft surveyed 20,000 people in 11 countries globally and analysed trillions of Microsoft 365 productivity signals, along with LinkedIn labour trends and Glint people science findings. Now, in this three-part series, Rosalind shares three urgent pivots for leaders to drive alignment and empower people for the new ways we work. In this episode, we unpack the third finding from the Work Trend Index, which is re-recruit your employees. So if you're a leader and looking for strategies to empower your workforce, then stay tuned. And today, this awaits you. So for the Gen Z slash millennials, when it comes to sort of learning and development for them, what are they looking for? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a good uh, uh, demographics to be focused on, right? Mm. I think, uh, especially in Asia, Andrea, where we are seeing this uprising of uh, digital natives, mm. right? And these, these are the ones that will be the future leaders, right? So the ability for us to be able to ensure that we are growing this talent is super important. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Talent Talk Asia and our third and final episode with Rosalind Quick at Microsoft Asia um, discussing the 2022 Work Trend Index. And we are starting to get down with our final finding, which is re-recruit your employees. So the last finding um, was companies today aren't just competing with their peers for top talent. They're also competing with the allure of the creator economy, the side hustles, entrepreneurship. So recruiting an employee doesn't end when they just accept an offer. Leaders must continuously re-recruit their people with skilling and growth opportunities or risk losing them. So let's look at the stats. 61% of employees in Asia PAC versus 56% global average and 74% of business decision makers in Asia PAC say there are not enough growth opportunities in their company to stay long term. Uh, scary stuff. Mm-hmm. What are some of the barriers that might be preventing growth opportunities for employees? First, I think the, the as I reflect on this, Andrea, when I think about how bi- many of our customers have to evolve their business, mm. right? And then they, and as part of that, they actually looked at different skill sets or they or skill sets that don't exist right you know for whatever they needed to do and even re-entering back to hybrid work or all that that also requires reskilling and retraining yeah, yeah true and one of the things um employees are starting to think about 
and I think countries across governments across are looking at this very seriously is that how do we um, ensure that the the there is investments about uh, an embracing kind of like a learn it all culture right so yeah. when you think about how employees thought about their career right now I think people are thinking less about just climbing up the ladder mm. but looking at how they could could potentially make moves laterally perhaps where, they, where it helps them to get uh, build new skills and uh, new experiences mm. right such that perhaps they can then be more uh, relevant or have increased the opportunities to be more relevant, whatever the change might be around them, mm. right? And then as a result, I think um, this is where internal mobility, uh, yeah. organizations need to do better there in internal mobility, yeah. right? And some of the barriers could be that um, people don't realize this, right? That there is opportunities to move laterally, the the ability to flush that out and share with the employees is not there. And also, um, the data did show that most of the organizations are not focusing on how to create and enable that internal mobility. So I think that's where it has been challenging that employees mm. do feel like, oh, if I want to learn something... I'm best shifting out. Yeah, I got to shift out, right? Because wherever you go, right, the hierarchy is always going to be a pyramid where the top is, is yeah. going to be much more narrow. Right, so if I don't have the desire to move up, I want to learn new skills and broaden my skill sets. Mm. How how does the company facilitate me that there? Right, so that's I guess one of the barriers you could say to. I find that really interesting, and I think it's I know it's certainly a topic that I feel quite passionate about. When you say some people don't always want to go up, and I certainly know a lot of lot of um, corporate leaders that are a certain level and a certain age that don't necessarily want to go up anymore. Quite happy here. And it's also for organizations to sort of see that um, they're still a valuable member of the organization. They don't need to shift out and do mm -hmm. the same role if they feel pressure to have to still keep climbing. Mm -hmm. So I find that quite an interesting one when we start looking at growth opportunities, that it can be a lateral move. It can, it can be. be just being even better in the role that you're you're in. Yeah, and, and I think that's is what um, also understanding what is what the individual is passionate about would also be helpful. So, of mm. course, most people would prefer to move laterally if they see that there is something exciting in what they're doing, right? Yeah. And being able to, as leaders, to see, hey, how can I leverage your core strengths? Yeah. And then uh, looking at that particular job or that particular role yeah. that gives you the opportunity to build new skills where I can support you, that yeah. is that is important, yeah. What, what's, how does it work with Microsoft internal mobility? Do they have to do employees have to stay a certain period of time before they get to look at overseas opportunities, for instance? Well, I would say uh, years ago, mm. um, it used to be that way. There used Did to be it? this unspoken, like, oh, everybody got to stay in a role for two years. Or in fact, it's right. almost like if you're in a role for two years, you've got to get moving. <laughs> right. right, okay. Right. And I think that, that kind of like expectations or even the, the stigma of staying in a role longer than two years have kind of okay. gone away. Okay. Right, because of the whole shift in the culture of like being a, a, a embracing, learn it all, thinking about new skills mm -hmm. and all that. So Microsoft obviously uh, do encourage internal mobility, and, and I am actually a beneficiary of that. Yeah, uh, you said about Vietnam. Yeah. yeah, right about my Vietnam. But did you put your hand up for that? Actually, no. It was okay. very interesting. Someone came, and it was an interesting story. Someone came to me and said, "Hey, um, we pack your bags out there." 
do you want to go there? <laughs> I went home, I spoke to my husband, and then I'm like, okay, what's okay. there to lose? Okay. So <laughs> right. what you're saying, what, what is something that a leader can be doing is having these conversations, having even these if conversations. you think not to have any bias or assumptions, oh, they won't move, they're married, they've got kids, the kids are going through exams, they won't move, don't have any assumptions, but to be asking that question. And, and on the flip side of assumptions as well, uh, Andrea, the other piece is that there are some cultures where it is see, it, there may be a stigma or a perception that if you're raising your hands to want to move from one team to another, it can point. be viewed as disloyal yeah. or not loyal. Yeah, that's a good point. And so they don't feel like they want to say it. So as leaders, mm. um, other than like in Microsoft, we have a regular career discussion. But we also, um, I mean, not to, not to, to try to influence too yeah, much what they to, want to do. Right. But asking the right questions to draw out like whether people are looking at it broader and leaning in to say, hey, uh, there is this opportunity here, right? Especially if you know that hmm. some of the individuals are less likely to raise their hands even yeah. though they have wanted the job. Yeah. Or uh, in some instances, we have, we have also seen some data points where women are more likely to look at the J, uh, job description and unless they are 120% able to do it, they're not going to raise their yeah, hands. Yeah, it comes up. St still, right? still prevalent now, very much Still so. prevalent yeah. now, right? And so that's where, as leaders, we've got to lean in and say, hey, I think this 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 role might be of interest to you. Yeah, you forget the job spec for a start. Yeah, right? Mm. So so I think that internal mobility, we have supported that in Microsoft mm, a lot. Interesting. Um, if I give you one uh, example, uh, we call it the... Quest program. Okay. Okay. So as, as I mentioned, my team, Asia-wide, deep technical skills. Uh, we get to work with corporates. We get to work with our engineering um, um, VPs, right? Or the senior yeah. people. So we uh, bring in key talents for in countries, yeah. like say it's from Singapore or from Japan, yeah. right? And they come and spend like uh, two years in my team where they get to be exposed beyond the country that they are working in. They get to deal with innovation, innovative incubation businesses okay. where they have never seen and they get to interact with senior leaders. They get to do mini projects that really test them mm -hmm. and get them new skills and life experience. Mm -hmm. And it also builds up the confidence. And after two years, okay, they have the decision to say, hey, I want to go back to, say, Japan and contribute oh, back. Oh, okay. Or they could say, no, uh, Ross, send me to India, for example, right? right? And actually, that has happened. And, um, and that's where it, it not only helps in the internal mobility, right? If you, uh, the, 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 the focus on internal mobility is one thing, but creating that talent marketplace, uh, like, for example, this Quest program that I mentioned, is also super important. Yeah. And actually, we use that program and we, we, we talk about, hey, not everybody's going to be able to spend two years, right? So we actually learn from it. And we also make it bite-sized, like a six-month Yeah, I was going to say, how yeah. popular is it now? Because I know in Asia, not a lot of people like to move, yeah. so you we, know, especially we, from Singapore. Singaporeans do not like <laughs> to move, yeah, yeah. right? They, they like to stay. It's yeah, a great country. So, yeah. it's, so it's, you know, how, how successful is it to get people to be m mobile, yeah, and, and yeah, that's that's the. Is other. that why you've moved it from say two yeah, years two that years it's a little to, bit more manageable, a little bit more yeah, manageable, okay. and also allows us to frankly, uh, you know, review what's kind of working, what could work better. Yeah, okay. You know, and that's part of our our learnings as well, right? Because part of that internal mobility, um, 
the purpose. I mean, there are many reasons we do internal mobility moves, right? One could be, yeah. okay, because I'm investing in a career for the next, yeah. not this role, but the next. Yeah. The others could be, okay, in this particular country, you are missing this exposure and our talent. Yeah. So yeah. bring them in, yeah. give them exposure and send them back. And yeah. it hasn't, it doesn't have to be two years. Yeah. Right. So we are making that more flexible in terms yeah. of how. In we fact, you might get more impact if it's just six months. And we had so many people sign up for it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, we had so many people sign up for it that we, I actually ran out of uh, bandwidth for wow. for my managers to be able to take on. Right. Right. So we have to figure out what's the best way to even have to select uh, the really candidates, interesting. unfortunately. When, when we're talking about the data of people were more likely to move out than necessarily have the, com- you know, if they don't feel there's growth opportunities. Is there more that can be done with organizations' talent acquisition teams, talent attraction, you know, the, their HR teams in terms of the roles that they're looking for externally? How, you know, are there some of those roles where there can be more flexibility to be able to train up people internally that it, I know sometimes it can be a real stretch and, you know, mm-hmm. if they if they need certain com- competencies. But isn't that what it's about as well, about being able to create opportunities internally and providing them the learning and development to be looking at very different different roles across the organization? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, of course, there will be some roles that it would be quite difficult to do yeah, that, right? And frankly, it might be not good for that individual because they could not succeed. Mm. But increasingly, we got to start thinking about how roles could relate um uh, where where strengths could be where we could we could lean on the strengths yeah. to help them to build on the other aspects. Yeah, and I think one of the critical factors is that as we think about talent, um, it's not just an internal view, right? We have to look at what's external, right? Yeah. If you think about how customers businesses are evolving, what kind of uh, advice or or, or help mm. they need from us, right? Mm. We all assume, like take for example, uh, today's CIOs work. And even finance, right? CFOs have changed, right? They, they very much so. Very more much of a partnership so, type of right? role than exactly more yeah. of a partnership kind of role. So if you if you have a, a a solution person or a technical person who is very deep in technical and can tell you all that, but is unable to articulate like mm. how this helps you or exactly address mm. your need, um, that wouldn't be very helpful to our customers, right? So if we are listening and consulting with the customers, I think we yeah. need to also look in and say, okay, how can we take someone who has like 80% of that and give him that, give him or her mm. that curriculum to mm. support them in the remaining 20%. And that's where I think um, learning is important, right? So we bring back to the whole learning, yeah. being called to the, the, the growth opportunities. Um, I, I take an example of, uh, I think this is easy to understand if you think about uh, the retail economy, right? Uh, when COVID hit, the stores were shut, right? So all these retail agents, they have to learn new skills yeah. around how do you provide that retail service online, correct? Yeah. And now that shopping malls are open again, uh, it doesn't mean that right now we all just move into like in-person, mm. uh, 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 in-person services, right? It still has to be a plan, right? So from moving from from in, out to in, and then back again, right? Yeah. The, the skills that are required are different. Yeah. Right? So employees also do feel like, hey, you know, how can, how can you help me to get that, mm. that skills that mm. continue to evolve? And I think a business model like the creator economy, disrupt, innovative disruptions would change the way businesses have to, yeah. to be agile and react. So the whole investments into learning and to growth opportunities and actually... Um, it's so important, right? Which is why 
people are looking more towards internal mobility to gain new skills, yeah. right? And not necessarily up. It could be lateral. But just going back on that whole training and development side, do we feel that the training and development programs that some organizations are putting together don't hit the mark for, in, for individual employees? Is, is it starting to get more personalized? Uh, yeah, I think it's starting to get more personalized. people pers- want to be more personalized. Sorry, people want to be more personalized, yeah. you're right, right? And and also everybody has a different style of learning, right? So you talk Absolutely. about neurodiversity, some are more visual, some are more words, like I'm more visual, so words, it's hard, right, for me. Yeah. And recognizing that during the COVID has been super, yeah. super important, right? So, you know, as we think about, um, you know, every every company, I, I would think that every company worth their salt, if you will, would have some kind of a learning strategy, would have some way of uh, saying that, hey, I this is how I conduct my learning. I have a learning mm. and development person. And if anything, I think the number of learning and development people roles that are uh, that came oh, through God, COVID has gone Absolutely. up exponentially, Definitely. right? Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, there's just so much that you can encourage people to learn, right? Yeah. I think that's so. What what I think is important is, uh, um, if if I were to look at uh, what we have today, Viva Learning, right, which is where we are able to harness the um, the flow of work and looking at uh, what everybody around the organization is learning. What right. is Viva Learning? So Viva Learning is an application right. that kind of uh, go that is integrated with um, uh, Microsoft Teams. Okay. All right, and it allows you to. Uh, it has a bit of a push where you say, "Hey, this is your role, and these are the bunch of learnings that you need to go." So through. it's a bit like LinkedIn Learning in terms of it's all digital, but it's it's it goes through the interface of Microsoft Teams. Yes, but so specific to their role. Specific to their roles, and also you could also get a sense of what are the upcoming relevant training that you might want, right? So it may not be all mandatory training. It could be ones that right. recommend based on what you have been passionate about oh, that's to go see the content. Interesting. And more interestingly, and this is the point I think is a big factor, is that you also want to be able to share your own learning paths, right, with your your your, your other colleagues, yeah. right? So for example, I realized that in order to do uh, my work well, or for example, this is something I'm really passionate about. Other than what the company tells me I got to do, mm. I think these three other things are very important. And I look to you and say, Andrea, I think if I'm benefiting for this, I want to share with you my mm. Viva learning path. Mm. And so you can take that. Well, you're promoting learning programs then, aren't you, by doing that? Because sometimes employees can look at a course and think, oh, that's not, I'm not sure I'm going to like that. But if they've got someone in their team that said, actually, it was a little bit different. It was kind of fun how they delivered it. It was, it was, it was e-learning, which was great. I could do it on, when I was on the MRT. Yeah. You know, it's just encouraging the, the, what programs there are. Yeah, exa- exactly. And, and, the thing, and the thing is this, right, that social element Okay, it brings across a social element that is yeah. like everybody's learning together. The people that you like or you work with are learning together. They like yeah, this course, so I'm going to take it, right? Yeah. I am rewarding people from for badging and getting certifications. And there's a bit of that positive reinforcement, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, amongst the group. And with that, you can actually make tri- uh, uh, learning fun. You can make learning a social activity. Yeah. You can make learning Accessible. bonding. Yeah, all of right. that. All that, right? All that yeah. dovetails into the whole social uh, uh, network and all this. So learning isn't like, hey, do this stuff, yeah. do that stuff. It's also this discovery of what other people around you are yeah. learning. And is that sort of on the phone it? then as well? They can look at it on their phone, Anywhere. on desktop. Yeah, that's, that works right? really and, well. And so yeah. that, that's, that's, I mean, 
that's the concept of how we're building Viva Learning into the into the flow of work, right? And also to you know make sure that we capture the rest of the the the, the recommended learnings that others across the organisation and all are those doing. recommended learnings dealing with well-being and are they other yeah be an empathetic leader or servant leader, whatever that might be. So are those the kind of other areas that just makes them sort of more holistic? Hey listeners, time for you to grab a coffee or maybe a chance to catch your breath on your morning run. Whilst you're doing that, I want to share with you what's happening at the career establishment. In 2022, we've been busy working with clients to embed new behaviours, increase collaboration now that face-to-face is back, and supporting them on their Clifton Strengths journey. To find out more on what's happening with us, reach out at www.thecareerestablishment.com. The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. And um, that's an important point, right? Because the learning in itself uh, that we have, at least in Microsoft, is very much not just focused on the what you need from a technical yeah. point of view, right? Because quite job. frankly, that on its own would be pretty boring uh, yeah, it's all pretty the time. Boring we need extra stuff to keep us Yeah. So we, we have engaged. causes like help managers to uh, help uh, managers have conversations on well-being with our people. Right. Um, we have we have causes that say, hey, how do you meditate, for example? Yeah, you know, okay. how do you uh, address your own well being? Yeah. Uh, what are the coping mechanisms that you might have, right? So, like for example, um, we have a hit space incorporated into Viva. Oh, okay. Right. Interesting. So you, yeah. So you could set an hour to say, hey, while I'm commuting or while I'm yeah. I'm closing my day. Mm. Okay, I'm going to use hit space as an app to say, oh, okay, maybe mm. um, I take a course on being grateful for my day to day. Yeah. You know, and that that's what works for yeah. me, right? Yeah. That's what rejuvenates me. Yeah. Right. So those are the kind of things that we also focus on that isn't uh, just about the work stuff because uh, people and then people talk, right? They come into the office, um, they spend one on one times with each other, and that's where the the exchange of information, the ability to say, hey, I took this training, I really liked it yeah. and all that. And then instead of saying, oh, could you send me and point me? I said, let me tell you what, I'm going to send you my learning path. Right. Okay. And that's it. Okay. So there's two parts of that, which I think is sort of interesting is I know on the second podcast or the first podcast, I can't remember which one now, where we were talking about burnout, the first podcast, when we're talking about, you know, the um, productive paranoia, paranoia. right? Mm. And people sort of being a, bit, a little bit burnt out. So if we've got that pool of people that are finding that, you know, they're working at full capacity and they also want growth opportunities and there are these great training courses out there. How do we encourage people to take that on when they are feeling as much as they want it and they want growth opportunities? How do they, how do you encourage that for an employee to make time for that? 
that it is important because you're already saying that this person's already at full capacity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how are we encouraging as much as they're all there, all these training courses, that's great, fantastic. But how are we motivating someone to make time to do that, that it's important and when they're already at full capacity? Yeah, it's a good one. You know, when we first started in COVID, there was uh, lots of things to learn. Right, so we yeah. were all like, like going crazy for a job hours, Microsoft right? Microsoft Teams. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I think as an organization, we we have we have through many of our um, listening signals, as I mentioned, mm. the part about learning is the one that we receive the most feedback. Interesting right? about relevant learning, about relevant hours learning. learning. Yeah. About whether I could apply my learning, or is mm. the whatever you're asking me to mm. learn actually applicable in real yes. life? Yes. Right. And how do how do the company actually organization actually see all the training I have to do? Right. Because every group might be sending me yeah. do ten hours of training, do fifteen yeah. hours of training, and they might training. be a little bit fatigued with it. Yeah. And I'm like right. at the receiving end, having hundred hours of training. <laughs> right, I'm like, are you nuts? Right, so yeah. we, I mean, first from the top up, we have actually started to have this uh, really look across what we call the uh, forming academy, and the academy right. has uh, all our uh, uh, senior leaders looking across from end to end, like what kind of trainings that we yeah. need to give to the team that is yeah. first relevant for customer to help them with customers, relevant yeah. for their well being, yeah. relevant for their technical skills that they got to do. But it also job. can tie into the second data about getting people back into the office. Is it doesn't have to be just the e-learning that they do, and it's oh. also an opportunity to get them back to the office to do face-to-face training. Right? Yeah, exa- exactly. So there's yeah. a combination of in- good point you brought up. There's a combination of in-person uh, training that now mm. that we're allowed to do in-person training, mm. the combination of in-person training, and in fact most of the time it's blended, right? You have a little bit of yeah. the online where you get to know people, Which and then you fantastic. come in, yeah, and then you meet one another, and you yeah. build that that connection yeah. that becomes part of your network. Uh, yeah, long term, longer term, yes. right? Which is which is super. Uh, I'd say it was extremely helpful for new starters at yeah. building their internal network and their mm. confidence and asking yeah. questions and right. Uh, yeah, and the continuous uh, feedback that we have been like every training we get some feedback. They add, they they make some changes to it, and they've right. also made the training less dry to be honest right. so they have Thank made God. it like learning through uh enactment you know like, yeah. like instead of telling reading the story you are acting it out and yeah. it's actually pretty cool actually uh one of my i know this is funny but one of my um uh aspiration is to yeah. be uh to be one of those actors in this training course right it doesn't have to be an aspiration <laughs> it can be you can set yourself a goal for that yeah so it's interesting so i think bringing le- learning is a very core thing yeah. Um, that's so important that we do need to invest time and I think when you have employees who feel invested and they yeah. feel that their training is actually relevant yeah oh my gosh I think, that, I, th- I think you're absolutely right yeah. there's, a, there's a friend of mine called Harry Marshall he runs a training company called Dramatic Difference and it's all about actors and so they're able to bring actors in and do the role plays and that's just so enriching for a participant to be part of. One, they're not doing the role play. It's really realistic. It's scripted. It's professional. You can see so much more behaviors and actions. Right, you can see that, right? (laughs) It's fantastic. But that's the thing. And I know I get so much feedback from corporates, which is, oh, we really want an engaging 
um, training workshop. Of course, people don't want to have these old fashioned trainers that stand up and just, let's bring up the PowerPoint slide, let's deliver the content for five hours. No one wants that, no one learns like that. People yeah. learn through play, they learn through their peers, talking to each other about what are some of the challenges they're doing, you know, games, all these kind of role plays and actors, and yeah. we learn through through that kind of experiential. And way. actually learning, um, learning or creating that, that culture, a part of, a lot of part of that, that reinforcing the culture of Microsoft, right? Um, it's also through learning, right? So we also actually focus on topics like really uh, about diversity and inclusion, right? right? There's a very um, uh, accessibility and all that. that we is that a compulsory to... one? I was interested well, to know, well, is that a is, choice or is that um, compulsory? Because I see that's um, quite an imp really I would important say, one. I would say it's compulsory, but yeah. with the premise of like making sure that we just want everybody to know what it means to be inclusive. Yes. Right, creating that awareness. In yeah. fact, those trainings, nobody ever pushes back because no. people yeah. enjoy it, actually. Yeah, I can I totally yeah. get that. And then they yeah. come together and coming back to the office, as you mentioned, when they come together mm. to discuss that, oh, I didn't realize that, um, you know, that could be uh, something that I should be thinking about, right? Yeah. So, And then we also recruit, like, some of these blended learnings that we do, um, other than what goes on with, with true teams, right? We also have some blended learnings where we bring leaders or peers, you know, to talk about allyship, for example. Yeah. Or to talk about what inclusion might mean in, yeah. in, in some countries and what inclusion might have a very reverse or opposite uh, interpretation, you know? Uh, I, so. I take an example, like me in the Asia role, I have to work most, a lot of my hours with uh, people in the US. Right. Call, right. 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 And everyone was trying to be nice to me, Andrea. They were like, okay, I'm going to meet you, Ross, at 7 o'clock your time, you know, because I don't want you to wake up at 10 or 11. Anyway, I'm night owl. 11 right. to, to like uh, have a meeting with me. And I'm like, that's great, but 7 o'clock is 9 or 10, and that's where I meet my people in Australia. So yeah. when it all comes together, it's actually very stressful. Yeah. And I end my day like maybe yeah. um, 7, which is almost the tail end of India, yeah. right? And then I go do my stuff and re-energize re, re myself and I'm back at 11 to have a call with you and I'm perfectly actually fine with that, okay? But if we don't discuss what inclusion could mean, what diversity could mean, having yeah. that dialogue, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's tough. Yeah. And, and those those conversations are not only internal, right? These are the same... Uh, with clients and... Yeah, yeah. exactly, with yeah. clients. And they're asking, how how, how yeah. is Microsoft doing this? How yeah. is Microsoft doing that? So other than sharing, okay, we have Viva tools. We we, uh, we give you the Viva Pulse to check what your employees are experiencing. We give you Viva goals to help you align uh, with, with objectives and, you know, learning to help you get into the flow of it. But all the other um, lessons as we, being such a big organization, so global. So for, so for the Gen Z slash millennials, when it comes to sort of learning and development for them, what are they looking for? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a good uh, uh, demographics to be focused on, right? Mm. I think, uh, especially in Asia, Andrea, where we are seeing this uprising of uh, digital natives, mm. right? and these, these are the ones that will be the future leaders. Right, so the ability for us to be able to ensure that we are growing this talent is super important. Right, and then if you think about a lot of the Zanzis, they probably come into they they grew up in the on online world. Mm. Right, so the way mm. that they are looking at working is also very different. Yeah, 
right? And also at the same time, uh, a lot of them are were still very early in careers or were entering into into the work into the workforce at the point where it was very challenging during COVID, right? And so I think first off, right, they are looking for ways to reconnect back with the workforce and really establish themselves as a right. person within the workforce. Right, community. and I suppose learning the skills to internally network and yeah. have those conversations yeah. with different people, different, different ages, different cultures. That uh, yeah, exactly. Right? And then yeah. they they probably haven't seen much of their own leaders and the senior management. So yeah. I think they they want to do that. They want to be able to connect. So I think. First off, I think being able to support them through this is important, right? Yeah. And then next, if you, if you think about um, the, the skills that they have to pick up or when you think about the learning aspects of it, mm. um, they probably have to learn um, first, like what it takes to do the role, right? Because they, they're still early in career. So there are lots of things mm. that they got to learn and they almost got to learn it in a very accelerated manner. Yeah. And I think internally, they, they themselves feel that pressure to be to accelerate that because they found that there's some level of lost time, right? And then as they interact with some of the leaders, I think it's important that leaders also uh, um, leverage them to to give the feedback on how they want to learn. And I think I alluded to that mm. also earlier because mm. not all of us might be able to understand what uh, the, the Zen Zs might be looking yeah. for. Right? They're probably more familiar with being able to use e-learning on their mobile and be comfortable with that than necessarily, you know, coming going on a PowerPoint slide and, and doing that, right? It's just kind of different learners and different age groups. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to get your take on sort of the soft skills that those sort of Gen Z millennials might be looking for, because obviously there's, a, well, not obviously, that's the wrong word to use. There's a lot of um, talk around that generation as being not very resilient, that they are snowflakes. Okay, for those listeners out there, I'm just saying what other people are saying, it's not direct, necessarily mine. I have those children that are possibly snowflakes. But, um, and so they haven't gone into battle yet. Mm. So how are leaders or how are organizations utilizing their training and development to build resilience? Yeah, I, I think resilience is something that uh, you can't wake up and say, hey, I had resilience, right? It's all about going through the experience. And I don't know. I mean, I personally don't think that it is uh, it kind of like even-handed to say that, hey, someone who is of the younger generation okay. is a snowflake because I think they, they, they go through different experiences that mm. during our times, we probably, or during my time, and speak for myself, that <laughs> that we do not have to go through, right? And things yeah. are just different, right? Mm -hmm. And and so for them, like, for example, uh, to be able to, to operate in an organization or in a company today where they have to not be able to see people, where it's very natural for them to be very social, Right, that that makes it hard, right? So I think the resilience mm. is has to be seen in a different way, mm -hmm. and then making it more real. I think uh, helping um, the the actual learning could be more on the job, right? So like for example, in Microsoft, we have what we have what we call the early and career uh, aspire program, okay, right? where we bring either MBA hires or or slightly um, or people early in careers, and we give them the opportunity to to kind of like. Uh, uh, do a buffet of uh, uh, roles at a very short period of time, right? So it gives them that sense of like what to to learn about the organization, or at least get a flavor of the organization in Microsoft in a in a in a fixed time, let's say a year, and they get exposed into like 
business strategic projects that are sponsored by senior leaders, which then right. allows them to then see that. Right. And then going through that, it's very daunting when you are thinking about like someone who is early, like Gen Z's sitting yeah. next to a EVP totally. right? who has yeah. who have like 30 years of experience. Right. Yeah. And I think that kind of uh, exposure and training yeah. uh, on the job. Okay, is what will energize them. Of course, yeah. it challenges them, but I think yeah. that also builds their resilience in a very different way than some of us, may, which may have to do it gradually over, mm. let's say, gradually over thirty years, mm. versus someone coming into the business and suddenly things that the world have changed on them. A lot of what they learn at school suddenly doesn't mm. apply yeah. anymore. And then they have to like run after senior people. They have to keep pace. That level of resilience is actually not to be understood. It's an, yeah. an interesting way of looking at it. But I suppose also what you brought up is that whole multi generation. Yeah, so we've got people with more experience that are able to then translate that information up and, and, and learning and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. If it can be embraced and if it can be utilized and seen as an opportunity than, than a hindrance. Yeah, we, we have a um, very good um, programs, I felt like, um, in fact, there are many people in my team today, they used to come from the uh, Aspire Hire, right? right? So they were, they came into Microsoft and 11 years on, 16 years on, they're still in the organization, right? So you can see that uh, if providing that opportunity, that program has been super because it has provided not just technical skills, it provided like, you know, soft skills yeah. and skills that as you mentioned, how do you train resilience? It's, it's yeah. actually being on the job. It's kind of a, li a life skill, isn't it? Some yeah, of it those kind of skill. things, right? Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I think we've come to the end, I believe, of our three-part series with Rosalind Quick at Microsoft Asia, where we've been going over the findings from the um, 2022 um, Work Trend Index. So thank you so much for all of your time. Thank you, um, Really, really appreciate it. Um, if you'd like to reach out to Rosalind Quick at Microsoft Asia, Asia, please check out the show notes where you can reach out for her, especially if you're looking to move to her team, because I think you alluded to the fact that you were hiring. Um, <laughs> and to access the uh, Work Trend Index, head to the show notes to find out more. Um, Talent Talk Asia, is brought to you by The Career Establishment. So we're a coaching and training company based here in Singapore. So if you're looking to bring your teams together um, for any team bonding events, um, please contact me directly. So thank you for listening. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you for listening um, and stay safe and be kind to each other. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.